going on geeks you listen to episode 347 of geeks of guys podcast my name is cody armor i'm here with shelly nolan hello and lj lowry that's a lot of episodes hello yeah <laughs> i'm waiting for that 365 i'm so excited yeah uh, i probably won't listen to an episode every day but just the fact that somebody could really excited me i think it's cool oh yeah uh, <laughs> um this week we're geek- geeking out about tears of the kingdom like there's there's other stuff that we're geeking out about too but really zelda that's the it, big one it's literally dominated like every news space that like i follow like ign <laughs> like Anonymous even look, talking about even looking through game rant and stuff like that and screen rant and it's just like it's all Zelda. Right. well that's whenever a movie comes out right especially a marvel movie mm-hmm. it's impossible to find movie news uh i mean even like when the mario movie came out like it was all record stuff Mm-hmm. And it's still yeah. like even the Mario movie. Now there's a bunch of news articles about how it drops on digital like t- this week, and it's just like we didn't throw this in the news. Uh, uh-huh. But speaking of Tears of the Kingdom, the creators of Legend of Zelda creators, it said, which I just know one, um, so that was confusing. But it said the creators of Legend of Zelda are down for a movie. Yeah, the Tears of the Kingdom movie specifically. That might come quicker than we uh, think. A Tears yeah, of the Kingdom movie. There's other Zelda games. That I, there's other things we could get a Breath of the Wild, Tears of the Kingdom, <laughs> Bridge. Oh, if it's not Ocarina of Time, then like, what are y'all doing? I was gonna say, I feel like, well, figure out what happened to the Sheikah Slate. <laughs> anyway, well, you're ready to go. <laughs> <laughs> ready we will. Go. We'll stay away from story plot stuff. Uh, we're probably gonna dive quite a bit into the actual, um, just like the gameplay mechanics of it. Yeah, uh, it's kind of impossible to talk about the game without talking about the mechanics. Uh, but before we do that, um, LJ, what have you been playing? I played stuff, and none of it was te- <laughs> and none of it was Tears of the Kingdom. Good for you. <laughs> Heck yeah. Uh, um, like I mean, I guess I'll start off by saying, like, yes, I totally put sixty plus hours into Breath of the Wild. Um, but I just for whatever, I just haven't completed I haven't beat it so I'm like ah, like I have no business wasting the money on a sequel to a game that I never beat so I'm like you know what that's fine um plus I did beat Jedi Survivor and I basically that's the only thing I played for like a solid week mm-hmm. um and Jedi Survivor was really good it's got a really good story twist um that uh, it's, it's 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 worth it's it's worth playing if you enjoyed Jedi Fallen Order. Um, really good game. Um, a, lot, a lot to do. Um, the other game I, I actually played, I ended up getting a voucher. Uh, like, since I'm like, these are still out. Like, you know, the whole voucher system mm-hmm. is still out there. I'm not going to do yeah. tiers, but I'm, I do want to check out a couple things that I've been wanting to check out. Um, I ended up grabbing Advanced Wars, which I'm not that hot on ah, yet. Okay. Um, that game in particular, it seems like there are like very specific scenarios they want you to complete so far, and they don't really give you any tactical freedom like right away, which is kind of a bummer. Uh, I see. Um, but the one I actually have played a lot this weekend, like I've played a good maybe two or three hours of it now, is um, I ended up grabbing Mario Party Superstars because I got oh, a co- let's go. I got nice. a couple friends that own it, and so like we're gonna do like a stream night because you can actually play it online. And, uh, okay, this, yeah. this is what I wanted, um, I don't know if y'all ever played or knew about, uh, like, the Super Mario Party, that first one that came to Switch. Mm-hmm. Yes. You're supposed to put, like, Switches together and stuff? This, yeah, but this Super Mario, or Mario Party Superstars is the one, is, the, I think, what I wanted that to be, because you get a couple boards and a bunch of mini games, all from past, like, Mario games, from, like, mm-hmm. Mario Party 1 through 10. Um, nice. It's so nostalgic, and there's no, like, you know, I felt like Super Mario Party was obviously, you know, because it was on the Switch, you know, like, the last couple have been, like, you know, super gimmicky, because it's, like, Wii U and Switch and stuff. Yes, exactly. Um, But this one is just straight up, like, old school Mario Party, but, like, fresh coat of paint, like, modernized, um, like, there's no gimmicks or anything, like, that makes me feel like, oh, I should play this on my TV, or I need Joy-Cons or whatever, like, um... It it's is fun. so good. I recommend it. Um, I know Mario it's Party. Like the Mario only... Party can... Yeah. 
Uh, yeah, I was gonna say it's like the only Mario Party game I've played in recent years that I've like actually enjoyed. But also yeah. now I think about it, it's like one of the only Mario Parties I've ever even played in recent years. I feel like all the Mario Parties are like coming out for yeah, like like mm-hmm. I mean I remember playing a lot on the Wii. Yeah. And then it's like Wii U, Switch. I even and had then... ten on Wii U, which I actually enjoyed, but But I think this is the one where I actually can like go to a friend's house and we're like, Hey, you wanna play Mario Party? Yeah, sure. Yes, and then yeah. you kinda know what to expect. Like the mini games are like really easy to pick up. Yeah, what you're saying is there's no gimmicks, there's no it's weird so good. Things about it. It's just kind of, it feels more chill and more laid back. Obviously, you can still make it as intense as you want for Mario yep. Party, but I know what you mean, though. This yeah. is, it's fun. Like, I've, I've played by my, like, I'm enjoying it just by myself, too. Like, I'm just like, this is, yeah. this yeah. is fun. That's um, yeah, really good Mario Party game. So, if anybody is, like, itching for, like, that to play something like that, Superstar. this is the game I recommend. Um, yeah, it's good. Um, and then lastly, we're, I'm definitely getting, especially since Street Fighter 6, um, is coming out and there's news with Mortal Kombat we'll be talking about in a minute. There's more stuff about Tekken. I got on a little Tekken kick again this week, this weekend, and on Saturday night I could tell there were some people that, like, I don't know if just trolls trying to, like, stay in the lower ranks just to, like, mess with people, because they definitely mm-hmm. let me win a couple times. But I got on an 11 win, 11 win streak with Akuma, and, like, I shot up a bunch of ranks. Oh, and yeah. then, like, it was nice to be, like, and then Sunday night I went back and played some more, and, like, I actually, like, fought for it. And, like, it was just one of those things where I'm, like, it's so incons- inconsistent. Like, I could jump on there, win a few matches, and still get my butt kicked, but, like, usually it's hit or miss depending on, like, what day I play or whatever. Like, usually it's I'm cold or I'm not, or I don't know. Like, it's just... Or there's trolls messing with people. Um, yeah. But I just felt like I was genuinely on a good streak uh, this weekend. And I was like, wow, like a lot of those wins and a lot of those ranks felt earned. Except for like, save for like maybe a few matches. But oh, it just felt good. Um, I, yeah. And it's, it's funny because I'm playing as Akuma and he's only he's only in seven. So I'm like, I'm going to enjoy this while like I'm here. Because <laughs> I know I'm going to have to pick yeah. up a new, a new character during eight. So... For um, sure, for sure. Uh, I just felt like I've been in the same like rank bracket for like the last couple years since I got into it, and so now it just feels weird to move up. And I'm like, oh, I'm actually good with this character, um, even though he's a Street Fighter character in a Tekken game. Um, it's weird, but yeah, that's kind of, that's that. Those are the things I've been playing this weekend. Cool. Mm-hmm. Uh. I also Go played, because I got the voucher as well, I played a little bit of Pokemon Scarlet. Uh, oh, yeah. The day before. Tears the day before. <laughs> and uh, it, I like, I'm probably not going to play the game because I have Tears of the Kingdom now and I'll You're forget like, about it by the time. I don't want to play with you anymore. I don't want to play with you anymore. <laughs> <laughs> Bye, buddy. Uh, but it gave me kind of a unique <laughs> experience, I feel like, getting into Tears of the Kingdom mm-hmm. because that game's really good. Pokemon Scarlet, um, isn't. <laughs> oh, no. Like, Tears of the... Okay, um, I was clipping through the staircase as I was walking up, like, oh, wow. graphically. My feet were, like, going into the stairs, which isn't a huge deal, but it's just, like, Pokemon deserves so much better. Um, yeah. And playing oh, that no. game just made me realize that, like, especially going into Tears of the Kingdom and how great that game is they do a lot of stuff um, differently in uh scarlet and violet as well like they really do uh and i mean i'll, I'll check things out the rocks on phone i told you guys about that in our <laughs> podcast so oh, yeah for the listeners there's this rocks on phone um and apparently the rocks on phone is the newest phone that you can go to the store and buy and there is a pokemon apparently happily happily living inside this phone but that still insinuates that, like, they're either farming or trapping these Pokemon to put them in these phones. Yeah. yeah. And then it's selling. <laughs> That'd be like having the latest iPhone be, like, some kind of Apple-themed Pokemon or something. Or, like... Yeah. It's kind of like, weird. It's just... It's strange. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, it, it felt a little straight. But... I'm sure the game would be fun, and I kind of want to get my Pokemon over there, and I think that would be kind of, like, from... I haven't played since Pokemon X and Y. Oh, that reminds me. I need to connect it to Pokemon Go, since I got back into that recently. I was told that I can use Pokemon Home to get my 3 Pokemon in there. Yes, sure can. I'm going to try to do that, and I think that would be cool. 
Um, but it, it's just interesting to see just how many hurdles it has already. And I just started the game compared to a Zelda. And it's it's mm-hmm. crazy to me that Pokemon, with as much money as they have, uh, can just... out like a... Mm-hmm. A real triple A game. Game Freak should be a better studio than it is. Like, there's no reason. Yeah, to... yeah. It didn't feel like a triple A game. That's the best way to put it. And yeah. that amazes me. I really think Nintendo, like Game Freak, maybe just needs to hire out, like to outsource some of what they're doing. To yeah, some other or something. Because there are other companies that could do a Pokemon. Well, I mean, I, I think I mentioned this before, do. but like, but like mm-hmm. Monolith from like you know the people that make Xenoblade, they could make an amazing Pokemon game. Yeah. yeah. Uh, <laughs> that's that said, we we could kind of move on from that. I just uh, played a little bit and was like, wow, this this could be really cool. I'm gonna go play a cool game now. <laughs> <laughs> and now I'm playing Tears of the Kingdom. Um. Shelly, you and I kind of talked about it before the podcast started, and we were both on the same page of we're both really enjoying it. It, I don't know if IGN's ten out of ten. That just seems like real, like rose-colored glasses. I'd agree. Most companies did give it a very similar score, like also yeah. super yeah, ten out of tens and stuff. And I, I mean, if I would have given a rating, I'd probably say eight out of ten, nine out of ten. Like it's still a good game, right? Oh yeah, it's a bad game. Just the ten out of ten, I'm like, oh. Like, it's a 10 out of 10 Nintendo game. Yeah. And yeah. I don't think that's, like... That's not fair to the other their game. Like, we live in a world where, you know, Red Dead 2 and God of War exist. And I'm like, this yeah. is good. It's kind of like... I'm trying to compare it to, like, Horizon, for example. Mm-hmm. Like, Horizon has arguably better story. Probably. Yeah. Obviously, I haven't finished Tears of the Kingdom yet, so we don't really know. Um, <laughs> Story isn't really that prioritized in Tears of the Kingdom, nor was it in Breath of the Wild. So, mm-hmm. anyway. Better graphics in Horizon. You're still... You're going around, like, you're hunting things, collecting resources. They're, it's way more expanded upon in Horizon. Um, but... I don't know. There's something about... I think, for me, it is it is sort of the nostalgia factor of Zelda that I personally prefer it. I think... Uh, it really emphasizes exploration in a much more, um, I don't know, I think it rewards expo- exploration a little bit more than, than Horizon, for example. Then, of course, you have like the whole building that's, aspect. That's what I love about both favorite. of these franchises yeah. or series is the exploration and the discovery. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, but, I don't know, I'm just trying to compare them because it's just like kind of, why would this be 10 out of 10 and something like Horizon, for example, not be 10 out of 10, right? Because mm-hmm. there's yeah. so much, there's a lot of things that Horizon does better, even just graphics alone, right? Like, obviously, <laughs> graphics don't make a game, especially to me, like, usually I don't care that much, and especially in a game like this, I don't care that much, but mm-hmm. a lot of reviewers seem to care a lot about graphics, you know what I mean? Are they ignoring that for this? Is it the rose colored glasses? I don't know. I mean, I could be wrong. Yeah. Obviously, a lot of people are having fun with this game. I'm having a lot of fun with this game. I really, really am. I'm having more fun with this game. Like, this was, like, my most anticipated game of the year. And I was... You know, I've been playing, like, nonstop. It's just been a long time since I've gotten this into a new game. Honestly, mm-hmm. like, it really does match the energy of the original Breath of the Wild for me. Which is really, really good. Yeah. But... Like, um, I'm saying it's not a yeah, 10 it's out of 10, not perfect. I uh, yeah. woke up yeah. this morning and then I didn't stop playing until we podcast. Yeah, it's super good. <laughs> I think... It's not a bad I think, game by any means. There also is the aspect of a lot of people are really excited for this game. And so we're all collectively, there is a sort of community hype going on. This community, like all these discoveries and all these things, mm-hmm. um, especially with the building aspects, people are coming up with crazy builds, which is super <laughs> funny. Um, so it feels like it really emphasizes that, it emphasizes that building mechanic. It seems like for better or for worse, like some people like really yeah. dig it and are having stupid fun with it, especially on TikTok. Um, and then there's other people that really don't like how emphasized it, it, the building. It, it feels a little yeah, funky exactly. to me, the building mechanics. Um, I mentioned I'm bitter about losing my Sheikah Slate. Um, but my biggest problem with uh, the building mechanics, and my wife's not having this problem, so maybe it's just me. I use Photoshop a lot, and maybe that's why. And in Photoshop, you can snap things really easily. So it like things just click where they're supposed to for you. Yeah. And yes. 
in Tears of the Kingdom, items will clip. They will clip for you together. Uh, they will snap, I mean. Um, but it's, like, not a very good or very touchy snap. They don't always yes. snap when you want them to. Yes, I would rather true. be more of a strict snapping, and then you can toggle that off if you want to be more, like, creative. Because mm -hmm. nine times out of ten, I want them to snap and be parallel to what they're supposed to be and be symmetrical. Yeah. And, like... Be in the right and that's spot. what the game wants you to do too it punishes you if you don't have it pixel perfect so many times yeah. either me or my husband in like a shrine for example when you're supposed to be building something because a lot of these shrines are emphasized like they have this this new building <laughs> and and physics mechanic surrounding it um but that's happened so many times where it's like oh it's actually kind of sometimes it's not even obvious what you're supposed to do by the way which i am too stupid for um, but even when it's really obvious, like, what you're supposed to be doing, like, it gives you materials to, like, build a boat, for example. If you don't have everything absolutely lined up, like you were saying, it's just not going to work. And then you're going to get really frustrated, like, hey, I thought this is what I was supposed to do. You look it up later. It turns out it is what you're supposed to do. You just didn't quite have the didn't angle snap right. It correctly, yeah. It didn't snap. And mm. so you're, you're, you're right. It's like, why wouldn't it be... Why do they even give you that option, then, if they mm -hmm. don't encourage... Like, if they... Watch you to get it all right on money. Yeah. Because that's, I mean, again, maybe it's a Photoshop thing, but just like if I don't want to snap something on Photoshop, I hit a button and then it stops doing that snap for me so I can be pixel perfect. Yeah. But yeah. almost any time, I'm going to want that motor to be in the middle, facing away from the water um, so that it'll, it'll go forward. I don't want it to go at a 89 degree angle. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that's that's been a big problem for me. And then I don't remember how Breath of the Wild worked with horses. Um, I feel like I played Red Dead Redemption after Breath of the Wild. I definitely did. Um, mm -hmm. But the fact that I can't call my horse from anywhere. Yes, uh, so you couldn't sure do is that. realistic. You, yeah. But it's so annoying. Yeah, I <laughs> like, agree. Just give me my horse. Because you'd have to go back and find your horse. Um, yeah. Or go back to the stable, right? Yep. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Just, just just give me my horse. I am in another like land. You're going to make me travel all the way up this road. I don't want to walk. Because I believe it does come to you uh, uh, within certain distances, right? Yeah, yeah if you, you whistle, whistle for him. Yeah. So that so whistle. And, and then I, I was going into an issue where I had my horse across a river. And I walked across the river. And uh, I thought, can I get it over here? And I couldn't because the horse can't cross over that way. And it'd be like, the there was an item. Just raft it over now. There was an item in Breath of the Wild <laughs> that it was armor. It was an armor set you could give to your um, horses to basically enable that, like instant teleportation. They could just come to you oh, anywhere. Yeah. But that's, oh, that's silly. Cool. I wish it was just you could just do yeah. that anyway. <laughs> I, I guess that would somewhat horse. invalidate the stables. You should be able to stables, attach rockets but, like, to your horse now. Yeah, I don't really care. But I could do that in Ocarina of Time. Yeah. yeah. Like, why would you make a game more realistic? <laughs> it's realistic. You could turn yeah. things back in time. It's realistic. Um, <laughs> Red yeah, Dead Redemption I, I is overly realistic. Uh, it's true. Guns actually. rust, and you can yeah. call your horse from wherever. <laughs> I just think there's a lot of really, really, really great things in Tears of the Kingdom that I really like. Um, but yeah, the building inconsistencies can get really annoying. It's also a really hard game, and like that's not necessarily a complaint. It's just more me like, oh, I'm bad at the game, and I need to. <laughs> See, that's how I felt think. out about Breath of the Wild. I was like, I know there's stuff I need to do because I'm trying to get to the Goron Divine Beast, but I'm like, I don't want to have to do all this stuff just so I don't burn myself alive. I'm finding um, I'm really bad at combat. Too. I'm getting wrecked. Uh, that's sort of yep. shielding it out. I actually wasn't that really bad, bad at combat in the previous game. This one, I don't know. I don't remember being this bad in the last one. I, I mean, I still got wrecked, but wrong, like this. I mean, and you have, you know, you start with like less hearts and stuff. Um, mm. That's it. Like, I don't want anyone to think because I, I know this podcast. We're kind of notorious at this point for hating on Nintendo a little bit. Um, <laughs> yeah, and we always say it's because we love Nintendo so much. We want the best, and I, I don't think this is a bad game by any means. There's no, a lot yeah. of really cool things it's are like happening. A really it's good really game. Pretty. Yeah. The music's amazing. There was uh, such a cool moment. I was riding down this uh, rail car and a butterfly like flew by my face and it looked really cinematic. Mm. But it was just literally a butterfly that if I had a net, I could have caught, you know, I don't know. I'm assuming there's nets. You can catch the bugs. That's normal. That wasn't a thing in the stuff. first game. So 
I would assume so. But it so. has been a thing in other... Yep, it's been in other Zelda games. They must have played Sonic Frontiers because there are rails now. Yeah. <laughs> it was it was really cinematic. And I'm like, I'm pretty sure that I could just like <laughs> interact with that if I wanted to. Or the birds, you know, a bird will fly over and you're like, well, I could shoot an arrow and like hit that bird. Um, yeah. It's not there for... Like, it doesn't... It, it looks cinematic, but it's not there for cinematic purposes. And that's really cool. Um, I don't know. I'm getting to like see how hyrule has changed has been really neat um mm-hmm. seeing how the world has progressed has been cool um yeah i think that's that's all of it. the exploration is really fun uh the sky stuff is kind of crazy and weird i don't know if i needed to expand upward but i like it it's all right um nice and yeah like you said it rewards exploration there's little things you'll just talk to people or i just talk to somebody and uh, they're like, you need, I, I'm from this hometown, but I don't live there anymore because, uh, he's like, when the blank attacked. Yeah. And I was calamity. like, I guess I'm going to go find out about that now. Thank you. That's cool. Yeah. What I do really like, and again, it's it's mostly because of story. And that's why um, the first game felt so empty. And I think I, I think we remembered, like, talked about it on the podcast where it's like, felt mm-hmm. so empty. And like, yeah, it makes sense because of Calamity mm-hmm. destroyed a lot of stuff, right? Like, it. Mm-hmm. story and lore wise makes sense but it was still just like oh kind of when would have been nice to see more people more villages and that was something that age of calamity actually did really well mm-hmm. one of the few things in my opinion it did well um story wise was uh really made the like hyrule feel alive because you have all these villages that you're helping out even if you're not like physically there all the time mm-hmm. um it felt really alive there's so I feel many like, spots on the map that like they needed your help kind of a thing yeah yeah, exactly. And then this game, it's like obviously still not quite as alive as like Age of Calamity, but you could tell it's like, you know, again, story wise, it's like they're coming back, like there's people, like they're trying to rebuild, and like all these NPCs feel all so unique. They all got stuff that they're doing and things they're working on. Um, even if they mm-hmm. don't have a quest for you, you could talk to them and be like, yeah, well, here's what I do. And like, oh, I'm working for the research facility, or oh, I'm doing this. I'm, I'm just like, ah, it feels more alive to me, which I think is really cool. It's, mm-hmm. It feels like Hyrule is far more united than it was in Breath of the Wild. I think mm. probably because they're all, That's cool. you know, trauma bonded a little bit. You know, <laughs> this whole like, <laughs> this is their second, essentially, almost end of the world kind of scenario in how many years? So, um, well, I guess the first one was technically 100 years ago, but you know what I mean. Like, it's just in a fairly I short span. I assume the sequel to this game will be even more alive if they, I doubt they'll have one. But uh, there's all those little buildings everywhere that he's just like a, yeah. what's his name? Hanson? Oh, Hudson. 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 Hudson's got a <laughs> yeah. little, like, it looks Hudson. like he's building a house and it's just a plot and they're all over the place. Um, it's because you can build stuff, obviously. Um, <laughs> but they're like, yeah, we're going to build houses everywhere. And they are literally everywhere. <laughs> it's like, yeah. it was right before this whole uh, kingdom gets like completely... It's going to be over house soon. Real estate yeah. going to be really cheap. No, it's cool, though. There's a lot of... Uh, so many cool, awesome, fun things with Tears of the Kingdom. But I do think that there's some people who are like, this is the best game ever made. This is perfect out of 10. And I would disagree. Um, and I think it's interesting. I had one of my friends tell me, like, remember, you can only play this game for the first time once. And that was very... That was incredibly true for Breath of the Wild. I feel like the, the newness of Breath of the Wild, like the way it differentiated itself from the other Zelda games was like such a cool, awesome experience seeing that like, was a bunch a of very, cool things from lore. Yeah. Like, really, really cool. I think that feeling has lessened greatly in this in this game simply because a lot of this we've already explored before. Like, yeah. all the controls are the same. There's like just maybe a couple more controls that you get now. Um, the overworld is the same. You know, things have changed, but like, the map mm-hmm. structure is the same, for example. Um, they've added on top of that, but I just think... Uh, so that's kind of interesting, too, to, to think about, is, like, that feeling, that initial feeling I had playing Breath of the Wild, that extreme sense of, like, discovery, and, like, I just need to check everything out. Like, I don't have that quite as strongly this time around, but that's okay, because there's so much content that as far... As long as I start wandering in one direction, I'll run into something that's interesting mm-hmm. and cool. Like, I'll just find something. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. So yeah, we love it. Uh, there's some small critiques, but it's it's good. Yeah. I feel like people are gonna listen. And be like, wow. Geeks oh, they hate it. hated it. It's like, oh. <laughs> and definitely not the case. I felt. I I think I mentioned this last week, but I'm still playing Redfall also, which is ironic. Nice. That okay. Game is, <laughs> that game got so railed on. 
Um, I did fail to mention that. I'm still enjoying it. It's not a good game, but it's fun. I think it's fun. Um, Joe, yeah. Joe has been playing some of it, too. Um, so it's just, I think, it's just funny to me. Like, yeah. Um, no, Everyone's cool. playing Tears of the Kingdom. You're just playing Red We're Ball. We're playing, like, one of the worst games. Yes, yes. <laughs> um, but, yeah, no, like, I'm glad, you do that, you. I'm glad that y'all are still enjoying it and stuff. Like, um, it's got me wanting to go back to older Zelda games because I'm like, um, I still have that Link's Awakening remake that I never beat. And then hearing Age of Calamity get talked about again, like, I'm like, oh, I could go back and play that or I can just go back and play more Hyrule Warriors as well. Like, there's just so much Zelda that I have not, like, finished that I could just go back to instead of spending Zelda's money so on the cool. new game. I keep um, having uh, Twilight Princess come up in conversation. Yeah. Because yeah. it's like everybody yeah. wants those, uh, that and Wind Waker on Switch. use switch port of that. Yes, very much so. Um, yeah. So, I, I guess we can move on then, because um, I know we could spend a whole podcast episode on talking about Tears of the Kingdom. Oh, yeah. Um, so, the gaming news. Um, I mentioned last week, I think, that um, loosely that there have been teases for Mortal Kombat and rumors for like Mortal Kombat 12. Um, five days ago, they did have a, uh, a teaser that um, had a clock ticking down um, hour by hour. Which, uh, time was very much a theme in Mortal Kombat 11. Mm -hmm. Um, and the clock seems to be counting down to a 1. Which tells me they're gonna reboot, they're gonna completely reboot it and call this Mortal Kombat 1. Oh man! Which also makes sense because of the story. Um, the way that Mortal Kombat 11 plays out in the end is very much a reset. And it's, it's, it's a purposeful thing. Like, it's kind of interesting, it's kind of cool the way things happen, but... Um, if, if people are that interested, you can go, like, YouTube it or, like, play it for yourself or something. Because um, mm -hmm. those NetherRealm games have really amazing cinematic stories. Um, yeah, so I'm excited. Um, like I said before, we got it's a big year for all three big fighting game franchises. The big three are getting new games this, this year. Um, at least Mortal Kombat is said to be coming out at some point this year. But I, I'll, I don't really believe that. Um but, hey, that'd be cool if it does. Um, so, yeah, I'm excited. I'm going to be drowning in fighting games this year. Um, <laughs> and then um, the next piece of news, which I think I find uh, this would be interesting to just see how it, how it runs. Um, we did talk about a Switch port last week as well, so we're going to talk about this one. Uh, uh, we're going to talk about one this week again. Um, Hogwarts Legacy uh, was supposed to come to Switch, uh, got delayed during initial release then it got delayed to july and then now it's getting delayed to november wow um thanks switch gosh it, and that and that game like, is you would just not care about the game at that point well yeah so it's like i like honestly like it's one of those games that i play and like i'm like man i don't really i really don't know how like i've played switch ports before and it is really cool seeing certain games run on switch um, but in my mind, I'm just like, this game is super graphically really good. It's cinematic. There's a lot going on in it. I can't imagine how a Switch version would run. Um, I don't know how many people are waiting on a Switch version or were. I mean, I guess, sure, if you only own a Switch, yeah. Um, sure. but I got, but I got a buddy, uh, my, my buddy's wife, she's been waiting for this to come out because, like, the, you know, she's got a Switch. That's her thing. Like, he's got Xbox and PlayStation, but she wants it on Switch. And so now it's like she's got to wait uh, another couple months uh, for this to come out. And she was totally looking forward to it coming out in July. Um, I think it would be neat to, like, if you, like, if you have the a console or a PC, like, go play it there. Um, but, like, yeah, I, I, it's, it's, like, I'm glad they're not canceling it. Like, Midnight Suns, like, right, I think that's, yeah. that's about all that's left, though, is, like, you're, I feel like they're another delay away or... The next piece of news about this game could be that it's getting canceled. Um, I know, aside from Midnight Suns, there have other there have been other Switch ports that have gotten canceled in the past. So it's getting real hard to also develop for multi generations now. Because um, mm -hmm. I think PS there's a couple of PS4 and Xbox versions that got delayed for or that got canceled for another game recently too. Um, but yeah, like it's you have to develop for not only do you have to develop for the base Xbox and PS4s, you have to, and the, there's the pro versions of those you have to consider now. 
And then there's also, like, the next-gen stuff, too. And then you have the Switch and PC. So mm -hmm. I just think I think it's getting hard for a lot of these AAA companies to manage now. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I was thinking about, again, not to bring up Tears of the Kingdom again, but yeah. to bring up Tears of the Kingdom mm -hmm. again. You know, I am somewhat surprised how well it's running. Um, there's still a couple of frame drops I get. It's every a now big and again. game. It's a big, big, mm -hmm. but it's, and, and, you know, even transitioning between the different maps and transitioning between like when you use the ascent ability, sometimes I'm like, oh, I'm surprised that transitions so well. Okay, good <laughs> on you, Nintendo. But it's always like, I have this set expectations just for Nintendo and the Switch specifically, because I know yeah. what type of system it runs on. A lot of people already are like mad that it doesn't look better. But it really does look visually very similar to Breath of the Wild as far as graphics go. It's pretty mm -hmm. weak. Um, but it runs okay, you know, obviously Nintendo was making it for their Switch system, so they're running it on that hardware. They were mm -hmm. planning for that hardware, but then think about, you know, there's also the PS5, there's also Xbox, there's also PC. If you're trying to make a game for all of those systems, like, they're all so different, and especially Nintendo being mm -hmm. really behind. Um, yeah. I don't know. I, I fully agree. It's, like, super hard for, like, they're, games they're making address uh, for all of them. They're making games for six-year-old hardware now. Um, yeah, it's crazy. Yeah, it's it's interesting, because I think it's cool. Like, it's interesting, too, because, like, being a big, like, I was a fan of, like, a lot of handheld, you know, platforms. Yes. And a lot of those just had different developers, because they would have to make almost different games for them. Yeah, um, that's true. So it's like you can't exactly do that now since there's there's a close parity to a lot of things. Um, yeah, so it, it's interesting. It's we're, that conversation keeps getting happening a lot more, especially as we move into this newest gen. Yep. So that's it for gaming. I news. saw a news report. Um, okay. We haven't talked about it because it was really news, but it was yeah. just uh, that the next switch or next iteration, whatever, um, will not be announced until at least spring of 2024 um mm -hmm. and that was like probably not gonna get announced spring 2024 that was there's definitely nothing before then uh which is crazy and that's an announcement so you know you usually they announce something that's two years and, after that and i said it, it won't it won't be the same way as nx like we're like as like the whole nx thing because i think we knew about that a long time before like the switch came out too or mm -hmm. yeah, yeah. Like before it was we, a, during the investment meeting, mm -hmm. and someone had asked, right. "When are you going to have another console?" I'm like, "Well, we're not even going to like consider announcing anything until spring 2024." Mm -hmm. That's if they have anything to announce at that point. So. Yeah, Switch is going to be here for a while. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so we can move on. Cool. We will get into uh, movies then. Yeah, and I we I haven't I've been playing Tears of the Kingdom. <laughs> I same. I have not watched anything. Go ahead, LJ. <laughs> okay, carrying uh, us today. I so if you wonder shoulders. if we dislike the game, we don't dislike the game. <laughs> that's yes. all we've been doing. Yes. Um, I mean that's what I did with Jedi Survivor. I felt like I didn't watch hardly anything when I played that. Uh, um. Anyway, so I did watch two movies. Um. I watched. I had a little movie marathon uh, with my little with my younger cousin. Um, every family was out doing stuff last uh, this past Saturday. We watched Scream Six, which was really fun. Um, uh, Ghostface has my favorite Call of Duty loadout: knife and shotgun. Um, <laughs> like, um, a really fun, really crazy, gruesome kills. Um, like nothing like and that's what I, the thing i like about the screen movies is like they are slasher films like you're not like it's not like torture porn yes you're gonna see some blood and people get stabbed and stuff um but uh it's it's fun i think if you like cheesy slasher movies obviously screen prides, it, prides itself in, in being that um the setting is really cool because it's in you know big city like new york um so they do mm -hmm. some cool stuff with the settings and just ghost face being being there um being the big packed city that it, that it is. Um, and I think it's better than the previous one that came out. Um, which still wasn't bad. But that one was still very much a... Like, oh, hey, you remember these old actors? Um, yeah. This one was a lot less of that. They did have a few returning... Like, they did have, like, one, I think, older, like, returning actor from the original series. But that was kind of it. Um, 
Like, they don't ride on those coattails as much in this one. They give the, like, lead actresses, like, a bit of... They give kind of them their own kind of movie and their own time to shine. That's good. Yeah. In- instead of the, uh, like, I guess I would call it the, like, the Star Wars, like, Force Awakens. Like, Force Awakens. Sure. Kind of, like, treatment. That you know? <laughs> Yeah, um, exactly. Yeah. So. Yeah, it's good. Um, the other movie I watched, um, which is really good, it's pretty heavy, um... It's called Prisoners, and it's with Hugh Jackman and Jake Gyllenhaal. And I watched it back in 2013, and it's a, like, crime thriller. And it's basically a sto- uh, an abduction story. Um, these two families, uh, pretty close with each other, live down the street from each other. Two girls, uh, two of their little girls get abducted. It's, like, the first few minutes of the movie. Um, basically, the cop... And then the father, like, it's really, it's a really crazy story, um, because there's obviously suspects involved, and, um, it's really about, you know, like, it kind of makes you think, like, oh, like, what would I do as a father, you know, like, what, what lengths would you go as a parent to, like, try to find your daughter, especially if you knew who the killer, or you knew who the person was, and, and they just basically played everybody kind of a thing. Um, there's a lot more twists and turns, so I'm not really spoiling anything. Um... But and then Jake Gyllenhaal, he's a really he's a he's he's really good in this movie too. Um, yeah, pretty pretty heavy, pretty crazy. There it does get it does get a bit violent in there uh, in that movie, but nothing nothing too crazy. Um, but these are both very I, I guess it's kind of obvious these are both very mature uh, movies. So um, watch at your own risk. Um, <laughs> but yeah, really the. Prisoners is like it's. I watched it in theaters, and it's probably one of my favorite like crime thriller dramas um, that I've seen. Cool. Um, but yeah, that's it. Those are the movies I watched. Sweet. We'll get into the movie news then. Yeah, I think other. actually, sort of a good intro there, talking about like the Star Wars sequels uh, series effect of like, oh look at these cool old actors that you remember. Mm-hmm. Um, aren't they great? So uh, anyway. That kind of goes into Beetlejuice 2. We got some of the yeah. original actors returning for Beetlejuice 2. We got like another writer, Michael mm-hmm. Keaton. Um, the big news that we'll talk about is how Willem Dafoe is going to be in Beetlejuice 2. That's now confirmed. Um, yeah. Which is pretty cool. I- I'll be honest, guys. I never watched Beetlejuice. Was he th- Was he in the original? No. He was not. He'll be new. Okay, cool. Yeah. I feel like he has he big fits. Beetlejuice energy. Like, yeah, yeah he fits. Fit really he well. could play some kind of. He's a big Tim- old gremlin, and it's a Tim Burton movie, so he can totally yeah. do a really cool design for Willem Dafoe. I think. Absolutely, yeah. So it sounds like it's going to be like taking place way after Beetlejuice. Like, uh, one there's some other actress that has been confirmed as like Winona Ryder's character's kid, for example. Oh so. yeah, Jenna Ortega. She is basically mm-hmm. the new horror girl. She's in the, the new Scream movies. Right, um, is she and she. Yes, so she plays Wednesday, yeah. and t- yeah. that's a Tim Burton thing. So, like, obviously, like, it seems like they worked well enough together, um, and she had a lot of influence on Wednesday. So I think, like, it seems like she's going to be the go-to yeah. for Tim Burton for, for a while. That's cool. That's, a yeah. I think, a good, good director to chum me up with, especially if you're good at sort of, like, scarier... And it kind of... Yeah. And then it also kind of reminds me of, like, how, like, I, I know James Gunn has been talking about, like, you know, how... Like, he works with a lot of the same people in a lot of his projects and i think that's cool mm-hmm. yeah. um so i think it's cool that tim burton has found his next person because like i know he's had like johnny depp in the past and stuff like that that he's done a lot of stuff with and things like yep. that like he seems to f- find his stars and use them for a while yes he does mm-hmm. um but anyway so that's something I, it just makes me wonder if this movie is going to have that same effect of like look at all these old actors with like these old characters and now they're all like grown up it, and now there's all have these that, things. Yeah. yeah it's probably gonna have that but hopefully it's still a good movie despite that and movies can still be good despite that I, um, i'm glad i watched the original um recently so i i have i hope that the next one's gonna be good yeah um cool so there's that and then also just something really funny we learned uh little article here was um mm-hmm. If anyone's watched The Pope's Exorcist, it's a movie that Russell Crowe's in. I believe it came out in April. It, very series. recent, yeah. Very recent, um, but a Twitter person has already found a very funny error in the movie. Um, <laughs> so they mentioned the Spanish Inquisition at some point. I don't know anything about the movie, so I, think I, don't, it's I can't give fairly you fairly based. I, I, yeah. 
Yeah, I think they just mentioned it. You know, it's called the Pope's Exorcist, right? I mean, Ooh. obviously, that seems pretty unsurprising. They mentioned the Spanish I'm Inquisition. Look at However, for this. what's funny is that it shows a symbol for the Spanish Inquisition, except it's definitely not of the Spanish Inquisition. It's the Inquisition symbol in Dragon Age Inquisition. It is, in, if you don't know what that is, um, it's kind of like an eye that has like a sword kind of going through it with like these weird wavy, almost sun ray looking things kind of circling it. Um, yeah, it's it's in, in all of the Inquisition, Dragon Age Inquisition art, um, you can't escape it in, in that game. It's like a huge, big main symbol. They throw that um, symbol everywhere. Yeah, exactly. So they use that symbol, which definitely <laughs> is not the Spanish Inquisition symbol. It is a fantasy <laughs> fictional symbol, but it's like, holy cow, how did that make it through anything? How did that make it through anything? Did no one know? Like... But then that also begs the question of, like, this person who found out, were they just a huge Dragon Age fan? Or did they just know enough history to recognize that that wasn't the Spanish Inquisition symbol and that's something else? You know, like, mm -hmm. I have so many questions um, for this person who figured it out. But that's just, like, that's wild to me. Like, how does that happen? The, the influence. Like, someone just searches Inquisition so, symbol. It's like yeah. the first thing that comes up. So good. So funny. It uh, reminds me of, I think, in Uncharted 4... I think there was like somebody grabbed like a piece of art from from like somewhere on the internet or something like to use as like a painting yeah. in the background, and it turned out to be like a screenshot from like Black Flag or something from Assassin's Creed. Oh my god! Like so, like it's <laughs> this kind of stuff has definitely happened before, but this is just an even weirder situation. Like, and yeah. it's what oddly me, specific. And I mentioned this is that like if they want to, as far as streaming services and stuff go, they can just they can update. Like yeah. I, I don't know if I like that or not, that you could just update, you know, the coffee mm -hmm. cup in Game of Thrones or yep. a guy in Mandalorian or uh, <laughs> the Inquisition being the wrong Inquisition Like if movie. the old Star Wars movies were done today, you can literally just cut out the part where the stormtrooper hits his head or something, you know, like... Yeah, yeah. it's you know, true. Stuff like that, like, you know. It's really weird. Yeah, archiving is uh, <laughs> way harder. It's, it's ironic because you would think that archiving old media would be easier now and archiving media but now it's everything's streaming maybe it's more accessible but it's hard to store it's because it could just be revoked at any moment or changed at any moment just like you said so finding original versions of things mm -hmm. or finding um unedited uncensored for example versions of things is actually like way harder to do so it's it is interesting i just think I can't help but laugh. Like, this is so funny. I knew I had to share that instantly when I'm like, <laughs> when it was a Dragon Age reference. I was like, yep, this is going right into the podcast chat. <laughs> the Dragon Age influence is too strong. Gamer influence is too strong. <laughs> that Inquisition from Dragon Age is more popular than the Spanish Inquisition. Yeah, because if you search Inquisition symbol, you get the Dragon Age Inquisition symbol. That's what you get. Yep. Like anyway, you, have this... to, you have to search Spanish Inquisition symbol. You have to, to get, search it, to get yeah. That. If you just type in Inquisition, you're not going to get it. So, um, yeah. Anyway, that's really funny, but that's <laughs> all we have for movies. Yeah. <laughs> we'll get into TV then. Uh, LJ, you did watch a little bit of TV. I yeah. haven't, which is crazy because I always watch TV. <laughs> um, I watched, so I watched most of Visions at this point. I think I'm only missing one or two episodes. Still really good. I'm still having a hard time trying to decide which episode is my favorite. There are a few that I'm like, okay, that was all right. Like, that was still cool. But there's just, I feel like there's a larger amount. Like, I feel like it, with the previous Visions, there was at least one or two where I'm like, okay, these are my favorite. You know, like, the other ones are okay. Like, or they were really good. But the, this one, I just feel like it's a much more well-rounded package, I think. Uh, a well-rounded, like, collection is just... It's so good. Um, yeah. I, I highly recommend it. Um, cool. The other thing I started watching, I watched recently with my family is, I think we all have our weird little niche like shows we find off of like Netflix and stuff. Um, yeah. So this one is called uh, King of Collectibles, and it's a story about this guy. It's this really well-known high, or it's this really popular high-end like auction house. Um, but the guy's name is uh, Kevin Golden. And it's this auction house that's in New Jersey. It's like, apparently, it's like an online auction thing. Um, I don't know where they do it, like what website or whatever they do the auctions at. But um, they specialize in acquiring like high dollar collectibles, like really high dollar stuff. So like there was um, like, you know, sports memorabilia, um, stuff like that. They did 
there's a couple of them where they did a specific run of like Pokemon cards, um, mm-hmm. you know, kind of stuff like that. Because there are some of those that like uh, uh, one of the what was it, Jake Paul or somebody Logan? I think it was Logan Paul that he got flack for carrying the like expensive Charizard around his neck or something when mm-hmm. he went to a boxing match. Um, it wasn't that, but like there was a particular set of cards that they sold like. And basically what they do is they get people that own these things to be like, hey, like, put this on consignment and you're going to make way more money than you realized you could, you know, you could, you, you could have, like, with this stuff. Because um, they deal with, like, a lot of celebrities and stuff will buy. Like, there's one episode where they were trying to find a particular, um, like, LeBron-related, like, set of cards. And, like, they showed, like, Drake was involved. Um because he got, like, really big into, like, you know, collecting and stuff like that. I think Peyton Manning is, like, an executive producer on it. And he's, like, friends with the guy. So, like, there was one part where he called the guy. He called uh, Kevin Golden. And he's like, hey, he's like, he's like, is my worth jersey, is, is my Colts, or is, are my jerseys, are Eli's jerseys worth more than mine? You know, that kind of thing. <laughs> and then, um, so then his response was like, well, yeah, especially Eli's when he beat, uh, when he beat Tom Brady, he's like, but honestly, he's like, your Broncos jersey is still probably worth more. Like, um, but it's just, it's crazy. Like the high dollar amount that people will pay for some of this stuff. Um, mm-hmm. some of it was like musician memorabilia or like even like stuff like notes. Like there was Michael Jackson's notes, I guess, to when he came up with like beat it or something. Or one of them was like Jim Morrison from the doors, his like original like driver's license or something like that like it was really fascinating it's just like yeah and like people pay so much money uh for this stuff there was an item that like sold for like a million dollars and stuff and basically like these live auctions um that like and they it's them trying to get people to like put these on this stuff on consignment um it's kind of got like we binged like most of the i think my mom binged like the whole season in one day i think i watched most of it but it was it was really interesting yeah. Cool. Mm-hmm. Mm. yeah, that's what I watched. We'll get into uh, the TV news then. Uh, a couple of things. Pretty <laughs> small, but uh, exciting nonetheless. We got yeah. Walking Dead. Uh, Walking Dead will not die. <laughs> uh, Apparently not. But we got a trailer for Dead Just City. comes back from the dead every time. <laughs> yeah. Uh, oh, dead man. City is probably, if I'm going to choose, I'm, I'm probably going to choose one Walking Dead show to to keep going on i can't do all of them um but i do want to kind of be a part of that i I just love walking dead so much um but you can't you can't make me (laughs) i don't watch walking dead and it sounds like dead city would be the one that i would also go to you know like that just seems like the one that seems the most interesting Mm -hmm. the rick grimes one seems kind of cool that was supposed to be a movie and i was really excited for that movie but now that it's gonna be a show i'm kind of like meh I feel like people uh, are kind of like past Rick now. That now that he hasn't been in like the series so long, like. But if no, it would have been a movie, you know, not a lot of commitment. Yes. It would have been big. People yeah. would have been like, it was a really bad misstep. I don't know what happened with the development of that movie for sure. Sounds but, like somebody just got money hungry and was like, "No, we need this to be a show." Yeah, that could be. Uh, <laughs> but Walking Dead follows, or Dead City follows Maggie and Negan. They go to the city. The trailer reveals that it's to find her son who was taken mm. um it also shows why negan's tagged along with maggie because if you watch the show they hate each other a lot for a very yeah. good reason they gotta play uh, off the, yeah <laughs> so i don't know this one seems interesting like it's it's in manhattan and i think yep. he's in that city. setting that new york setting yep. yep and it's like almost a little video game-esque they have this UFC ring that they're fighting walkers in. Uh, and then the very end reveal in the trailer is this really cool looking walker. I'm assuming is Frankenstein together. They talked about the walkers are kind of evolving. So maybe it just evolved uh, into what it is. But it's got like 10 different arms. It's like this giant like um, conglomerate of, of zombies. It sounds like What's something in... like the Rat King. Yeah, the last I was of trying us to thing? think. Last of Us had one, and then um, Days Gone had something similar. I think. Yeah. It was like a bunch of. I think. I think the Rat King is probably a really good example. They didn't have like three different heads or something. Three different. 
The Rat King was like a bunch of like infected, like all clumped into one, clumped into one. And it was, yeah, this it was terrifying. Really <laughs> yep, <laughs> so good. Oh, yeah, and, and like it's a really two seconds of trailer. You can literally but go the CGI like, look looks at that. pretty decent. Yeah. So hopefully they're actually putting a little bit of money into it and actually doing a good job. Walking Dead has a lot of money, so there's no reason for them not to. Yeah. But that show's never felt cheaply made to me. And then um, the thing that was supposed to be Daryl and Carol, like that's only just Daryl now, right? Yeah, Daryl and Carol is just Daryl in France. So I feel like and... you're losing half of like what people would probably want to watch that that show in particular yeah. for. Yeah. Uh, Daryl's really cool. I don't understand the Daryl in France thing. Uh, maybe they thought it would be interesting to take him out of his comfort zone. I would have loved more of like a, I don't know, like he him starting a biker gang or something. Because um, that would fit Norman Reedus's personality though too. Yeah, like I, I do get the uh, the idea of maybe taking a character that would like never go to France, putting him in France, yeah, and uh, kind of letting that like play out that his character has to grow, but. I think it's more to his strengths. Like, the biker gang in The Walking Dead would be a cool thing to watch. Mm-hmm. And what a pickup on the, like, Days Gone. I was going to say, yeah, it'd be Days Gone at that point. Days like, Gone, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but that wouldn't have been, I mean, why not beat them to it, you know? Yeah, yeah, I mean. You've already know. got a biker, you might as well. Yeah, for real. Play on that, but maybe he will. Maybe he'll have a biker gang in France. I don't, who knows? Uh, <laughs> I don't know what to expect. Um, like I said, probably Dead City is probably the only one that I'm going to actually be checking out consistently. Mm-hmm. Uh, the other thing is Andor. I'll definitely be watching Andor. Ooh, yeah. uh, Star yes. Wars has most of my attention. Uh, <laughs> and uh, the news for that is they just gave a little like... It, it's weird because it's the last three episodes, so I feel like this is kind of spoiler-esque, but um, it was revealed as kind of a tease. And that is that Andor... Uh, the end of Andor Season 2, the last three episodes, I believe, will be the three days leading up to Rogue One, which is super cool, but also means we're probably not getting more Andor after season two. I don't think we're getting a season three. Yeah. Uh, due to some of the events in Rogue One. And I think Andor is also being affected by that writer's strike thing, too. Um, Dang. Well, yeah. It's weird because I'm like, I'm so sad about this writer's strike. Like, I'm like, oh man, that show's delayed. I don't really want that show. And this show's delayed. But then, like, Game of Thrones, uh, the House of the Dragon, that's not getting delayed. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, I don't know if that's a good thing. Like, should it be delayed? Do you take your time. Like, don't have it. And then the other one is Rings of Power. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. And Rings of Power is continuing, but they're not going to continue with their showrunners. Their showrunners are on strike, but they still have. It makes you go back to heroes, right? I mean, there's. You know... Yeah, and I'm like, maybe you should, maybe you should wait. <laughs> Not that the showrunners did an amazing job season one, but. Right, um, but. Huh. I'm just like, you probably need all of your ammunition if you want that to like fire correctly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, makes sense to me. Well, yeah, rider strikes and/or take your time. Disney. This, we're in no this rush. news does Give make me, me want to watch more of Andor, though. I'll say that. Like, I watched a, a good little chunk of it, but it's like... Oh, you didn't finish it? No. This is going to give me oh, ammunition man. to come back to it, because I think I maybe watched... Yeah. Maybe, I think I watched maybe, like, four episodes. And there's a Andor lot. is better than Star Wars. <laughs> yeah. I just mean, like how Rogue One's better than Star Wars. Yeah. Really. I mean, yeah. it's just that butt show. It's it so good. Yeah, it is the best thing... Uh, in Star Wars, including like four, like four, five, and six. Episode four, five, and six. One, two, three. If you like seven, eight, nine, like it doesn't matter. Andor is the best thing Star Wars has ever been. I think th- I would also put Visions in that category. Star Wars Visions, I think, is some of the best yeah. stuff. That, like, Super like, different because, yeah. like, you got yeah. one with like they're all every episode is kind of like a one-off, like yeah. contained mm-hmm. story, but so visually amazing and so creative. And then Andor, yeah. it's like obviously it's like a show that's like all the way through. It's but it's like, hey, I this think, is Star Wars, but it's so much more than Star Wars. Like, I think it's like the two perfect sides that encapsulate what I love about Star Wars, like yeah. Andor and Visions. I think together create like, oh, this is Star Wars, and it's really really cool. Which is, I know, kind of ironic. If it's you not, can kind you know, of, it's original it's, it, it goes to show you can let people get creative i think um oh, yeah. with the problem totally 
Yeah. And or it's crazy because it's more of like a political. It's almost like what one, two, and three wanted to be. This like mm-hmm. political intrigue. Uh, there's not as much opera going on with that. Yeah. It's just this. It, it feels almost like cyberpunk, uh, in a lot of ways. Um, okay. Yeah. Not the game, but the genre. Yeah, almost like that. That almost like that one episode of Boba Fett kind of felt like. Yeah, you don't. I mean, spend not a lot not of Boba Fett, Mandalorian world, but it's like mm. the outside of, um, outside of the big cyberpunk cities, you have Andor happening. Yeah, and you get reminded every once in a while that it's Star Wars, but it just it doesn't feel like Star Wars. It feels like this mm-hmm. really good political drama going on. I don't know. Great, great show. I do. I want them to go pendulum swing I, I want some like really high fantasy stuff too in star wars i'm kind of hoping that ahsoka will be that we'll see. yeah i, mean, I, think, I think Ahsoka it, will be more like obi-wan than anything else but i think if they really start diving into uh, the high republic stuff like that's gonna be cool too just because like there's there's like a twinge of high republic stuff in like jedi survivor because yeah. like, there's 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 like characters and lore in the story that like you'll encounter that are high republic related and i think like high republic is very when you say high fantasy i mean i guess it's in the word but like it seems like at least from what i can tell there's stuff that's going to be the very ornate at least like in like the lightsaber designs and stuff like that and it just seems like and there's like cut books and comics out there already but it's like it's kind of the first taste i've gotten of the high republic stuff Mm -hmm. and like it'd be kind of interesting for them to like actually start diving into that more in stuff other than like books and comics like i want to see more actual like I, that stuff on tv now i think we're ready mm-hmm. yeah uh, we're, we can be done with uh the uh order 66 for a while now at this point yeah we've seen a lot of yep. that let's try for something mm-hmm. new yeah, yeah. well we will uh, end the podcast there you guys geeking out about anything else this week nope not uh, currently. don't think so thank you I, uh, for whatever reason, bought a hot wire uh, to make D&D terrains, and uh, <laughs> I can pretty well say that I will not be making D&D terrains. <laughs> uh, I'm cool, so though. Hot wire. I mean, it's ridiculous. But the opportunity, you know? Yeah. Yeah, it's there. I'm What I'm wanting it for is little set pieces and things. Um, they, yeah, none of my players have listened this far into the podcast, at least. Um I want like there's there's some ship stuff that's gonna be happening, so I'd like to build um, just the shape of the ship, cool, um, so that I can have the water be the map, and then the ship kind of sit on top of that. Um, there's a little bit of depth. Um, there'll be two ships like connected by planks and stuff. And that's cool. As a combat piece, um, yeah, but actually working with it, I've seen people make such perfect lines. We got a cheap one, uh, just a Hobby Lobby. Uh, that's part of the problem for what I've read, is that I you need to pay for like a proxon is like this big name, um, <laughs> but my hand and my like my squares my cuts are so jagged, they could never fit into the things that you see on YouTube are like perfect like three by three squares, mm. they just clip together you can get little magnets or whatever or just push them together and they fit really well mine aren't flush like even in a slice <laughs> so, <laughs> so it'll make one cool boat maybe. I can sand down and, and make it look nice. But I'm hoping just for the verticality of the map. I can, you know, that sounds cool, especially for a D&D thing. Yeah. Verticality yeah. is not something I consider, like, with D&D. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of stuff with caves and things that I'm just like, I would like, a, you know, a bridge or whatever, and it's yeah. not going to draw a bridge on a map. Yeah, that's for sure. So, that's... Another thing I'm geeking out about. Mm-hmm. I also bought the uh, Lazy Dungeon Master, which is a uh, book that I've been recommended. Um, <laughs> it's kind of, it's cool. It's it's a long book. Uh, it looks like a like a DM guide. Like it looks like one of the what is it, the ghost books. Nice. But it's just kind of like a outline on how to make like what you need to prepare for a, a campaign without over preparing and wasting a lot of your time. On stuff that probably won't get used. <laughs> pretty smart. Well, pretty important it. to know. Cool. To balance yeah. you, to prioritize your time and figure out kind of yeah, that's that's good. That's smart. Yeah. I from what I've read so far, I recommend it. It's really good. Uh explains everything really well. Um and kind of just gives you a, like a game plan. 
So you definitely want to have deemed a little bit and kind of know what you're talking about. You can't just buy that and exp- like for your first campaign if you've never played before. Won't really know what's going on, but yeah, makes sense. Cool thing. All right, we'll another podcast there. Then LJ, where can they find you at? Um, you can find me everywhere um, on the internet under LJ the Paladin. No, oh, and Shelly. You can find me on Twitter at the Shellshock twenty four. Cool. And you can find me on Instagram at Cody Armor, and then on Twitter on Wednesdays usually. Twitch. At wait, what did I say? Twitter. 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 You can always find me on Twitter. <laughs> Twitch. Twitch.tv slash Race on Wednesdays. You won't find me on Twitter specifically on Wednesdays. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, Twitch.tv slash Race Wednesday nights at seven. Um, most weeks. I'm kind of. I'm back and forth on it a little bit, but we're still playing Chain Echoes. It's a lot of fun. Let's go. Yeah. All right. We'll end it there. Keep gaming, keep praying, and God bless. Bye. Peace. We hope you enjoyed this episode of the Geeks Under Grace podcast. We love hearing from you, so feel free to ask us questions or just comment on the show by using the hashtag GUGCast on Twitter or by joining the GUGCast questions channel in the Geeks Under Grace Discord. If you like this episode, consider leaving a review or rating of our show on your favorite podcast app. If you want even more Geeks Under Grace, you can always go to geeksundergrace.com. We love you all so much, so thank you for listening. It's on!